and welcome to Next Streets, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. So today I'm reading from I'm the Girl by Courtney Summers, who is the author of a New York Times bestselling book called Sadie. I will warn you right now that this book has some harsh and disturbing scenes in it and also there is a word at the beginning that is derogatory that the man calls the main character and i'm actually not going to say it because i hate that word so much so just be warned so the premise is when 16 year old georgia avis discovers the dead body of 13 year old ashley james she teams up with ashley's older sister nora to find and bring the killer to justice before he strikes again. But their investigation throws Georgia into a world of unimaginable privilege and wealth without conscience or consequence. And as Ashley's killer closes in, Georgia will discover that when money, power, and beauty rule, it might not be a matter of who is guilty, but who is guiltiest. So I'm the Girl is a masterfully written and unflinching account of how One young woman feels in her body as she struggles to navigate a deadly and predatory power structure while asking readers one question. If this is the way the world is, do you accept it? All right, this begins with a prologue. Aspera. It comes to me on my knees in the back of one of the mall's storerooms. It's gray concrete walls dabbled with early morning light. I close my eyes and there's a memory there. I was 13 years old and I'd gone missing just a little while. Ended up on a dirt road outside of town. It was summer then too, the kind of heat that sours you, and I was angry with my mother, the kind of anger that changes the way you look at the world and makes you understand, for better and worse, the way the world's looking at you. I remember my body as it was then, caught between fading adolescence and aspiring womanhood. I didn't yet fully grasp my burgeoning chest or bee-stung lips turned suddenly suggestive. I was dizzy, dried out from the weather, and I wasn't sure how far I'd walked when the car pulled up beside me, its window rolled down. A man inside. Are you the girl? He'd asked. And I felt like I'd been saved from something, but I didn't know what. Until now. Now, I opened my eyes, letting my gaze drift from the man standing over me, to the transom window in the corner, to the view outside. I know the mountains are that way. Aspera is too, a revelation. We doing this or what, he breathes. I wanna see the pictures again, I say. He makes the noise, his face red and strained with his unattended heart on, but he gives them to me. I hold the glossies in my trembling hands, a young white girl stretched across the top photo's length. I take in her long, perfect legs, reaching for the smooth plane of her perfect stomach, extending toward the soft swell of her perfect breasts. Her perfect blonde curls spill over her shoulders, haloing the peaches and cream complexion of her perfect face. Her pretty little lips form a perfect pink O. O, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. 
It's me. I'm the girl. Chapter one. He calls me a stupid little word I won't say as I leave, says I have more beauty than brains. What he was offering, he tells me, was more than I was worth. I leave them all behind, the photos carefully stowed in my messenger bag. Aspera is beyond the city, and I'll have to ride back through my neighborhood to get to it. My bike's tires hum against the road as the sun continues its slow rise up the horizon, stirring the sliver of world awake, the air cool and damp with last night's rain. I passed houses that could all be my house, the same missing shingles on the same weathered roofs, the same flaking blue siding, the same week's worth of trash at the curb. Tyler will be up by now, glancing at my closed bedroom door, believing I'm still inside before leaving for work. He hasn't spoken to me since last night when he found out what I fucked up, what I did to him in the name of myself. Our mother always told me, and only me, it's more important to know who you are than who you think you're meant to be, as though she could see this betrayal taking root. But if she did, it's only because she planted the seed. So whose is it in the end, hers or mine? If my mother thought Aspera was the one place in this world I didn't belong, it was only because she didn't imagine me in that storeroom, threadbare carpet digging into my knees while the man above me fumbled with his fly. I pump my legs harder and before long catch a mist behind me, giving way for the lush, sun-shimmered green lining its either side. When I can finally turn onto the road leading to the resort, a car comes tearing down it out of nowhere and seems to have me in its sights. I swerve in the last second moment. I realize it won't, that it'll run me over if I don't, and it clips the back end of my bike. The violence of it untethers me, and the brutal impact of my return to earth rattles my skull, forcing the breath from my lungs and a different kind of untethering. I turn my face to the road. The car is coming back. I cough, choking my way to consciousness, my lips against gravel, the taste of metal in my mouth. I press my hands into the dirt, gasping as my left arm gives out under my weight. There's something wrong with it. The agony of that discovery washes over me before I try again, letting my right take on the burden, forcing myself to my feet. Once I'm standing, I clench my jaw, steeling myself against the involuntary sway of my body. My bike is gone, my bag road killed at the shoulder, $4,000 worth of photographs of me crumpled inside. There are faint impressions of footsteps where I lay, circling me. Blood on me where skin and road connected. I try to get a hold of myself, breathing slowly in through my nose and out my mouth, clutching my left arm to my chest, my head pounding. I limp my way forward. Aspera is far, but it's closer now than home. And even if I was hurt bad enough, I should turn myself around, I wouldn't. I couldn't. This is the closest I've ever come. Aspera, a 12,000 acre members only resort hidden away in the mountains. What God couldn't put a price on, all that wild beauty ever reaching for the limitless blue sky? Its owners, Matthew and Cleo Hayes, surely would. There are always whispers about the latest rich and famous hiding there to escape themselves. And when my mother worked housekeeping, everyone would ask me for her dirt. I'd beg any little detail, but she wouldn't talk about the place, at least not in any way I wanted to hear. They call it the heart of Ketchum, but she always said it was its diamond and it's not shining for you. Before she died, she tried to make sure of it. Today I'll find out if the promise it made me is greater than the one she broke. 
I put one unsteady foot in front of the other, and for the longest time, it's only this until a flash of pink catches my eye. It has to, it's such an aberration, not the kind of pink you find in nature. I squint to be sure, and once I am, I move brokenly to it, heading down the ditch, shoes sinking into soggy earth, wet grass tickling my ankles. I wince at how difficult it's become to do this simple thing. The sunlight overhead is fading fast, devoured by the trees, making it even more impressive or impossible that I saw it at all. I press farther on to claim my prize and the glimpse of color blooms larger the closer I get, slowly taking form. A girl pressed against the ground. At first I wonder if we both got hit by the same car. Her skin is mottled red, her right leg turned inward, its knobby knee pointing toward the left. Her right arm lies rigidly beside her, the crook of her elbow stained purple, hand palm up as though awaiting someone to place something inside it. Her left hand is rested against her chest, her stiff fingers reaching toward her throat. Her bright pink shirt is smeared with dirt and her frayed denim shorts are unbuttoned and splayed open, revealing no underwear, revealing the most intimate part of her, a bruise. Her eyes are open, cloudy. Hey kid, I whisper, you all right? Her fine blonde hair fans over the ground, a strand of it crossing her porcelain face, finding its way into her open mouth. Her lips are pale and chapped. A fly traces the outline of their delicate pout. And that is where I'm going to stop. So the girl that is in the ditch is Ashley James, the one who has most likely been murdered. So yeah, that one starts off pretty heavy, and obviously that is for not the faint of heart. But if you liked that book, I hope you check it out. And if not, there's always something else waiting to be discovered in the library. I will put some notes at the bottom of the show for books with similar themes, and I hope you join me for another Next Reads.